0: Welcome to installment 304 of Safer HaMitzvahs from the Rambam. In today's portion, we will begin our discussion of Positive Commandment 246, the law regarding Tain Vinitin, the settlement of all financial disputes. This law, known as the law of Tain Vinitin, or the claimant and the defendant involves all the laws governing litigation and what is to determine when a person must make an oath and when a person must pay in a case of disagreement regarding finances. As the Rambam says, any case where people agree to something or whether there is a dispute between them or disagreement as to the facts involved, the laws governing the settlement of the case are governed by positive commandment 246. This commandment derives from the book of Exodus chapter twenty two verse eight, which specifically is speaking about a custodian, a watchman. And as the verse says, I'll call on any case of dishonesty, and the verse continues either involving an ox, a donkey, a sheep, a garment or anything lost, Kihuze that the person states Kihuze that this is it. What is the meaning of the statement ki huzeh, that this is it? The Rambam quotes the Mechilta, which explains ki huzeh, is referring to a case where the person partially agrees to the claim, known as a maidem b'miktas, maidem that he agrees, b'miktas to a little bit of the claim. Let's say, for example, Reuven claims that he delivered something with Teshimen to watch, a hundred dollars. And when Reuven comes to claim, Shimon denies it and says, you didn't give me $100, you only gave me $50. In such a case, it's not a total straight-out dispute. Shimon doesn't deny ever having been made a watchman, rather there is partial agreement. Shimon agrees that $50 was, was put in his trust, however the other $50 they disagree about. This is known as made de He partially agrees. And in such a case, the ruling is that this person is required to take an oath. An oath of the Torah. In order to keep from having to pay the other, the other 50, he must take a shvua diaraisa, an oath of biblical origin. This idea of an oath applies not only in a case where someone was made a watchman, but in any other case of financial disagreement, such as a case when someone borrows money and partially agrees that he borrowed, but there is a disagreement as to the amount. In such a case, again, the borrower would have to make a shvua an oath of biblical origin. The Rambam tells us in his legal code that there are only three cases where one is required by biblical law to make an oath. One is the case we have mentioned here of a meitavemiktsas a person who partially agrees another is a case where there is echad, where there is one witness who is contradicting the person's testimony a person denies for example having borrowed any money at all and one witness says that he did borrow money according to the law of the torah one can only determine a case based on testimony if there are two witnesses, not one not one witness. If there were two witnesses saying he did borrow the money, then he would have to pay. But here there is only one witness. In such a case, the law of the Torah is he doesn't have to pay. However, he must take a biblical oath in order to avoid having to pay. Uh, the third case where one must take such a serious and strong oath is the case of a shamer, a person who is a watchman, who claims that the object was lost or stolen, depending on what kind of watchman he is, as we described earlier in the laws describing the different forms of watchmen. This shvua's ha or the oath taken by a watchman, is also a biblical oath. And these are the three cases where one is required to take such a biblical oath which is extremely serious, the person must hold a Torah scroll or something similar in his hands and thereby make an oath and there is a very severe punishment should one take a false oath in such a situation there are many cases of oaths which are required to be given by rabbinic decree known as a shvua's hesis. let's say for example Reuven claims that he gave or lent a hundred dollars to Shimon and Shimon says, It never happened. I never borrowed any money. Now if Reuven said, I did borrow but only fifty, this is the case we're speaking of. He has partially agreed and he must take an oath by biblical origin. Let's say he denies the entire amount of the, of the loan or ever having taken a loan. In such a case, he is not required to take a biblical oath. He must take a rabbinic oath, a hesis. And should he take such an oath, he must not pay. However, here it seems to be strange. Should he deny completely, he does not have to take the serious oath. Should he partially agree, he must take a biblical oath. What is the reason for this? The Talmud and Tractate Baba Kama gives the explanation by saying that a person who has borrowed money usually does not have the chutzpah, he does not have the nerve to completely deny a claim by the person he borrowed money from. It is impossible for him to lie straight in the face of another person, at least that is the assumption. Therefore we assume that normally if a person has denied the entire claim, he is probably telling the truth, and he must not take a biblical oath. A rabbinic oath he still must take, but not this more serious type of oath. Let's say, however, a person admits to half. The Talmud's reasoning goes as follows. Why did the person not deny the whole thing? Because he didn't have the chutzpah. He didn't have the nerve to look at the lender straight in the face and say he didn't borrow a penny. Why then did he not admit the whole amount? Perhaps he doesn't have money now, and he hopes that now I'll agree to 50, and later on, when I get the rest of the money, I'll pay him back. So therefore he admits only to having borrowed 50. This way he gets out of the problem of not being able to lie in the face of his lender, and also he's trying to avoid payment of the whole amount at least for the immediate future the torah says therefore s- since he is trying to get out of paying we will make we will force him to pay by putting him in such a situation where we have to take a biblical oath, and the person would not lie in such a case and therefore will come up with the money immediately. Because once we give him a chance to lengthen the time of payment, perhaps he will forget about it or not pay it promptly as soon as he can. Therefore the Torah puts an oath upon this person in order that he should pay his loan promptly. We see here a rather curious thing. Positive Commandment 246 relates to a large variety of laws, are very complex and very lengthy, as we will be continuing Positive Commandment 246 for several days to correspond to these laws in the Rambam's legal code. And even though it covers the whole range of legal claims and counterclaims, nevertheless it is expressed in the Chumash with the verse involving the one specific case of a Mede Bimiktas, a person who partially admits to the claim. Why is it? What is the significance that it has been expressed only in such a particular case? Why is there not a more general verse referring to any type of disagreement? In a discussion involving a very similar question, the Lubavitcha Rebbe Shlita says that this is one, one sort of question which is best understood through looking at panimia sateda, looking at the inner spiritual Hasidic explanation of the law. And the Rebbe explains that when we're talking about a claimant or a court case, In a spiritual sense, the majority of all cases involve partial agreement on the, on the behalf of the defendant. Who specifically here is the litigant, who is the claimant, and who is the defendant? In general, we're speaking about the Hara, the evil inclination of a person who has worked on the person long enough until they have sinned. And then he claims, after the yetzahara, the evil inclination, has led the person down the improper path, then he claims, look what this person has done. The person must be punished. What does the Jew, the defendant, answer in such a case? In general, he is made to be us. He partially agrees. He does not have the chutzpah to completely deny the claim. He knows that he is not perfect, and he knows that he's done something wrong. On the other hand, he doesn't fully agree, because he knows that he has not given in totally to his evil inclination, and he has done some good things. Therefore, he is only partially responsible for what he did. He only did a little bit. He only partially agreed with his evil inclination. And since in general, very few Jews are capable, or everyone is capable, but very few actually totally fight off their evil inclination, and on the other hand, very few give in completely to their evil inclination, therefore any claim or any litigation, so to speak, of this kind will be a case of partial agreement. May de And therefore, the the prototype of this law of litigation is expressed in the law of a partial agreement. What is the law in such a case? As we mentioned, we administer a shvua. We give an oath to the defendant that we have to believe him not only on the part which he has admitted he owes, that he must pay. But for the part that he says he did not borrow and he is not responsible for, he must take an oath. What is the significance of this in a spiritual sense? This the Rebbe brings from the Tzemach tzedek, that the word shvua or Oath has a root of the word Seveya, Seva, which means to satisfy, to fill up. That in a spiritual sense, when you give a person an oath, Majbim I say, that you're giving him an oath, at the same time, you're mazbin I say. You're filling him up. You're giving him additional abilities to come through his test, which is the idea of giving a person an oath in general, as it is said at the beginning of Tanya, quoting the Talmud, that before the soul descends here to the earth, it is given an oath. What is the purpose of this oath? The purpose is to give the soul more power so that it can carry out its task properly here here on earth. And so too, when the Jew is accused by his evil inclination of improper behavior, what do we do? He admits partially that he has not been perfect, he has done certain things wrong. We administer him an oath, so the things that he is doing correctly, he will have the power to continue doing doing so, and he will have the power to further fight off his evil inclination and, and gradually improve his behavior. The Rambam concludes the mitzvah by directing us to the sources of the law, the third chapter of Baba Kama, the beginning and the eighth chapters of Baba Metzia, and chapters five through seven of the Tractate Shavuos, as well as being sprinkled throughout various places in the Talmud.